And a news update for March the 22nd, 2023, Wednesday morning edition. Hour number four starting next. Broadcasts across Sirius XM Radio and across the plethora of podcasting platforms to where you can find our content like Stitcher, Applecast, Spotify.fm, and many, many more. Just simply type in your favorite podcast player or browser. Just type in top headlines, national and international news stories. And that's where you find us. Tell people about us. It's free. We're not behind a paywall, but we need your views. Please help us because that's how we generate revenue. Tell as many people as you can. Hour number four, heading your way next. Support your InfoWars store. We need to support yours. By the way, my wife loves Samaritan 95. Her joints have never been better. Okay, so uh, folks, make sure you support InfoWars store. Okay, please do that. Well, I just can't, we I can't say Alice to our listeners how much the enemies of freedom hate this show. They hate your show. I mean, uh, I will plug for you and for me. Folks, you want us to fight? We will do it. But it's like sending military out to war without ammunition and weapons. I mean, we'll, and I'm not bitching. I just, I, I, I just, I back, back. Under silence. This oh, one is most of my own Troyer. It's coming on Troyer. Boy, I'll tell you, our leaders are just pathetic. Where do you want to start with the old and decrepit chin hair Janet Yellen? Or do you want to go to the old and decrepit Joe Biden, who, who doesn't even know the monuments he's dedicating, the bills he's signing? He, uh, 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 I, uh, well, I, I don't know what I'm doing up here. I, is, my, I, is my 10 minutes up yet? Somebody come drag me off the, off the stage here. Remember yesterday it was Joe Biden claiming he was Persian. That was a... New one, Joe Biden claiming he was Persian, and then uh, Jill had to scuttle him off the stage. Stage left, time to get Joe out of here. Yeah, he thinks he's Persian now, get him going. His 10 minutes of exposure are up. And now today he can't even pronounce his own bills. But let's start with Janet Yellen. You know, the U.S. economy, how's that U.S. economy doing, Janet? I guess... We could start with the banking system here, Janet. And so what happened with the banking system, uh, Janet, here in clip seven, Janet Yellen? And take the steps we took were not focused on aiding specific banks or classes of banks. Our intervention was necessary to protect the broader U.S. banking system. And similar actions could be warranted if smaller institutions suffered deposit runs that posed the risk of contagion. Oh, oh, I see. So, wow, the banking system is on the verge of collapsing and you had to intervene to stop that. Boy, that doesn't sound good. So, Janet, what's the state of the overall economy then? And take an economy that is performing very well. We've had the fastest recovery from a downturn um, that we've ever seen and the fastest recovery of any nation around the globe. Um, the unemployment rate is near a 50-year low. The economy is doing well. 
What, what reality is she in? You just said we had to take drastic measures to intervene in the banking system because it's collapsing. Now you're saying that the economy is performing very well. Hmm. Hmm. Which one is it? Might leave you a bit confused. If that doesn't leave you a bit confused, perhaps this will. Here's Joe Biden trying to uh, dedicate a new national monument, and I'm not sure he got properly briefed on the monument because uh, it was an utter failure. Here's what that sounded like in clip nine. First, I'm proud to use my authority under the Antiquities Act to establish the, and I, I want you to know it's a big deal, the Havanaqua May, I, I'm, I'm having trouble. Thank you. I got it. He can't read off his teleprompter. He doesn't know the name of the monument he's dedicating. And uh, he has to get help from the audience to complete his sentences now. Joe Biden, your president, 85 million votes, passing the cognitive test with flying colors, they say. Nothing wrong with him. Yesterday, he thought he was Persian. Today, he needs help from his audience. He's the president. He's addressing an audience, and he can't even read his own teleprompter and needs the audience to help him read. Be like if you were in the classroom, like in... Billy Madison and the kids struggling to read. Maybe the teacher needs to help. That's Joe Biden, the president of the United States, on the podium, and he can't read. And so his audience has to help him. And Janet Yellen says the economy is doing great, but we had to save the banks from utter collapse. There's your leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. This is the InfoWars War Room brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. No, Trump was not arrested today, and no, he's not going to be arrested today. And I will get into what I suspect is going on behind the scenes right now. But I'll also show you what led up to this moment, as there are, are some breaking developments happening right now with the latest claim being that Trump is going to be indicted tomorrow and then should appear in court next week. Now, obviously, this is a complicated, complex situation with News Secret Service. March the and clearly, this being a politicized this indictment, and everybody knows it. Morning edition. So, it hasn't edition. gone very smoothly. Uh, part five. And... Continue on. How are you going to get Donald Trump 
out and of Secret Service's protection. You're not. So this is a very tricky situation. And I'm starting to think there might have been a third situation here that maybe we didn't properly address this angle. And that's, did Donald Trump bait the Democrats? When it was all said and done, was it Trump saying, I'm going to be arrested Tuesday, that actually blew this story up sky high? In a way, it was. But is it now that that's caused them to show their hand and now want to pull away from the pot? Or they went to get more And say, uh, we're out. We can't afford to be in this hand anymore. But as usual, if you fall for the mainstream media propaganda, if anybody still out there does, you were misled again. You were let down again. And you... <laughs> At this point, I just don't know who's still listening to Rachel Maddow and Lawrence O'Donnell and anybody on CNN. I mean, it's weird. Like, CNN has their talking heads. But, like, Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper have a pretty good idea of what they're doing. MSNBC talking heads are just complete Looney Tune characters misleading the audience every night but i'm just i'm just getting distracted here what's interesting is that less and less people believe the fake news media but also i don't think it's insignificant that trump called for protests and barely got anything i don't think that's insignificant i'm not sure what to take away from that trump does have a rally coming up in waco they're already trying to demonize that and I'll explain why that is, is as well. So we've got all those developments we're going to be covering, obviously. Mostly that'll take up the first hour. But there are other stories we need to touch on. The First Amendment issue, the vaccine issue. The open border issue. The violent crime issue. You know, we've got a pretty good idea of what defunding the police looks like. I don't know if Austin, Texas is the best example, but the one thing about Austin is it really was a low crime rate city for a major metropolitan area. That is quickly changing and it's only gonna get worse. Whereas you, you notice the defunding of the police a lot, a lot sooner in areas that already had high crime rates like Portland or New York or San Francisco, but traditionally Austin has had low crime rates. And this is changing, but but we really have been hit with defund the police. And pretty much everybody who lives in Austin either has had a direct, this is this has impacted their lives directly or they've heard about it from someone else. I've I've witnessed how there's no police in this town. With with multiple incidents and now things are getting so bad there was a horrific it's caught on camera drunk driving accident here it took police over two hours to respond midday wow that's crazy that's, that's unacceptable over two hours head-on horrific 
car crash, drunk driving accident. There is the woman who was involved in it. She got hit documenting this, how it took them over two hours to arrive. Folks, most of the time, you, you'd be amazed. Most of the time, you call police in this city, they, they just straight up tell you. I mean, they're not going to lie to you. They'll tell you, we have no police. Uh, we can't help you. So, huh, I mean, believe me, you may recall, this was, this was at the height of the defund the police movement. I'm covering a defund the police event. And I'm just there by myself, happened to be driving by and saw this going, going on. So I just stopped and parked my car and, and ran over there to film it. Some people may remember this. I had a mob of about 40 to 50 of these Black Lives Matter, Antifa, defund the police protesters chasing me down the street as I'm filming. And I mean, it's kind of funny. It's kind of a joke. I'm not sitting here and acting like I... Uh, I mean, I've had mobs chase me before. When you look, when you've got a mob of fifty Antifa Black Lives Matter chasing you, and they put their three hundred pound women at the front lines, hoping you'll be dumb enough to hit a woman, and then the, then they'll send all the guys in to attack you. I mean, it, it's kind of funny, but we shouldn't make light of this situation. I mean, it could turn bad for the wrong person at any given time, and it could turn deadly. And so I'm literally filming. This Antifa group chasing me through the streets in one hand. I'm on the phone with the police on the other hand. I'm like, yeah, hi. I've got a violent mob chasing me. And they and they basically said, sorry, we can't help you. Okay, well, you know what? Maybe it's okay for me because I can outrun their 300-pound hippos. And maybe it's okay for me as a man that knows how to defend myself and believes in the Second Amendment but, but what happens when it's not me? What happens if it's a little old lady? Or what happens if the mob decides to get violent? And they just tell you on the phone, they're like, sorry, we can't help you. Okay. But what if I help myself? Are you going to show up then? So you see, this is the delicate balance that we're in right now. This is the very delicate dance. Because we don't want to see our country fall apart. And isn't that what it's really all about? Some people know and understand the price of war, and others don't. And isn't that what it really all comes down to? Because for the average American, the way our way of life and what we have left of our once great prosperous country here is 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 still enough for us to try to carry on. But you see, when it crosses a, th a certain threshold and people feel they have nothing left to lose, that's when stuff falls apart. And so that's why in a lot of these major cities run by Democrats, where people feel they have nothing left to lose, you see all the violent crime you see all the craziness and the breakdown of civilization. Because to them, they really have nothing left to lose. They'll rob, they'll shoot, they'll, they'll, they'll fight, they'll do whatever. Civilization breaking down doesn't matter to them. It's already broken to them. 
But see, we haven't really gotten to that point with all of America, and we'd rather not get to that point. But man, they start arresting Donald Trump and then other people. That's going to start to, uh, I think that's going to start to metastasize that idea, that feeling. All right, I'm about to get into all the Trump news, but what was I talking about at the end of the last segment? The breakdown of civilization and how right now we still want to preserve our civilization because we still have too much to lose if it falls apart. But slowly and surely, maybe that phenomenon is changing with bank collapsing, our dollar collapsing. You see all the other news that's going on. Are they going to just start arresting political opposition left and right, disappearing it like it's communist China? So what do you do if civilization breaks down? Well, one of the biggest things we've done here at InfoWars is prepare our audience to be prepared in that situation. And one of the easiest ways to do this when it comes to a communication standpoint is InfoWarsPhone.com. And look, I have the two products right in front of me. This is how simple, this is how small, this is how easy it is. And with these two products, you can stay in touch with your friends, your family, your loved ones in case of a collapse and you can't get, get regular cell phone or phone service. But with the iSat phone and the Bivy stick, you'll still be able to have that communication. So when the cell towers go down, along with the potential for power failures, Satellite communication and off-the-grid equipment becomes invaluable. Stay in touch during a national or global emergency by purchasing satellite devices and backup power equipment from InfoWarsPhone.com. These are the exact same devices and phones that the U.S. Border Patrol and military is equipped with and use. That's what we bring to you, the highest quality. Get the gear. That's dire to have on hand in case of an emergency, but perfect to have when traveling to remote areas that do not have any cell reception. Another important one right there. You're at a place with no cell reception. You still get it via the satellite. And so here's what we have right now for the InfoWars audience when it comes to specials on this at InfoWarsPhone.com. Get the satellite phone and bivy stick combo or get the off-the-grid power bundle Everything in each bundle is 100% free with your purchase of a data plan. No other deal like this is available anywhere else. Free off-the-grid devices that you should have on hand. Backup power, backup phone communication, backup satellite internet. InfoWarsPhone.com has it all. Do not pass on this deal and do not be caught off guard when the grid goes down and everyone else is left scrambling. So, for more information on this bundle... Go to InfoWarsPhone.com or you can call 941-955-1020, 941-955-1020, and tell them InfoWars sent you or shop at InfoWarsPhone.com. Ensure your communication in case of a disaster with InfoWarsPhone.com. So we say secure your water supply. Secure your food supply and secure your communications at InfoWarsPhone.com. All right. Now, we do have a couple guests coming up today. Jamie Michelle. 
from Gays Against Groomers will be joining us on two issues that I want to talk to her about. And by the way, if you're tuning in, you're not crazy. It's Jamie Michelle. I've been saying Mitchell since we've been having her on, and she's so sweet that she's never decided to correct me uh, until today. So it's Jamie Michelle, the founder of Gays Against Groomers, joining us. And then there's an event with a great group that's done so much in the last couple of years here in Texas, Beyond the Masks. They've been on with us before. We're going to have them on with us today because there seems to be there seems to be a little, I mean, I wouldn't call it a bait and switch, but it's kind of a bait and switch where they put a bill out there that has populist support, like in some areas, not all areas, but in some areas, decriminalizing marijuana or even legalizing marijuana. It failed in Oklahoma, it's succeeding in other states. But they have these bills that they know you're going to pass if you're a one-issue voter. Let's say you want to end the the illegal status of marijuana, but then they slide in these other things that you don't even realize are in these bills. And so you think, oh, I'm, I'm voting Prop A. This is going to get marijuana decriminalized. And then there's these other little gifts inside of Prop A that you didn't expect. So we'll have that with Beyond the Masks. Now, I'm, I'm going to wait to come back and cover this Trump news because there's too much of it to do in the last three and a half minutes here of this segment. We've also got big news when it comes to Putin and Xi meeting, but again, that's going to require more time than we have left here. So, so here's what's amazing, and we covered this yesterday, what's going on at the southern border where you had an increase in Chinese nationals crossing the southern border, and now people are freaked out because the uh, great reporters covering this, like Jorge Ventura, filmed the Chinese nationals coming in, and then they get seen getting released. Here's the report from the border in clip three. So here they are getting out of the bus in Brownsville. And you may recognize this if you've been following our coverage. We've been documenting this for years. And these are the very Chinese nationals you saw getting apprehended at the border yesterday, getting released. Now, I'll tell you this process, because we've documented it for years, but there, there's, there, it's just incredible. You go down there, and you think you're covering one story with the children getting trafficked, and then, boom, Chinese nationals get caught pouring across the border. So, uh, guys, go ahead and play clip three. Socks are all wet. At uh, 10.30 to the email, they should be sending transport shortly. Uh, they're for the toys. Outreach for helpers. Just hold up on migrants and This is an abandoned child, by the way. This child was abandoned at the southern border. This other young girl found him. Instructions on where he wants to go. Is this the father? See? So he's got a cell phone, address. Looks like Louisiana. That's where he's supposed to go to. Do we need this solo? ¿Y tú, señora, de Honduras o de 
¿Dos años? Y ahorita lo, lo constato. Perfecto. ¿Estás bien? ¿No te has lastimado? ¿Tienes frío? ¿Sí tienes frío? So they know that Border Patrol's job is to be the final chain of the human trafficking chain. And that's what this is all about. Biden has turned Border Patrol into the final link in the human trafficking chain. We just met a woman who is pregnant from Honduras. So, so there you go, um, Jorge Ventura reporting there. But, but they're covering the children coming across, and then these Chinese nationals come across, and then they capture them being released into the public. But that's what's been going on for years. That's the process. Border Patrol has been turned into the final chain in the human trafficking link by Joe Biden. So we're going to look at the latest developments in the Trump arrest scenario. And I'm going to tell you what I think is happening behind the scenes. But first, this truly is the new, the walls are closing in on Trump moment. And the walls didn't close in. And so I'm monitoring the mainstream news, the cable news networks, CNN, MSNBC, And while it wasn't 100% of their coverage, it was the big portion of their coverage last night telling you Trump is, is, is bound to be arrested and, and pulling different quotes from different legal experts and Michael Cohen saying, Trump indictment inevitable, Trump arrest inevitable, you will see Trump in a jumpsuit, you will see Trump in cuffs, building up their audience, just like they've done so many times before. Trump could never beat Hillary Clinton. Trump won't even be the nominee in the Republican Party. They laughed. They crackled and cackled like Kamala Harris. Oh, impeachment one, impeachment two, Trump's tax returns. I mean, you name it. The walls are closing in. How many times? And this was their same story last night. And then they had these AI photos that you see on the screen here. They, they had these AI photos developed, sharing them with one another, just getting ready, just getting ready for their big moment, their big wet dream of seeing Trump arrested. Brian Krasenstein, the big Democrat. Stormy Daniels is a national treasure. <laughs> Maybe to you and your towel. Happy Indictment Day. Happy Indictment Day. <laughs> Oops. Cohen. Trump will absolutely take mugshot and be fingerprinted. How an old affidavit could undercut Trump's future defense in the Stormy Daniels case. I mean, it just goes on and on. How the potential arrest of Trump could unfold. Trump indictment possible. Officials watch for protest. Trump fixer Michael Cohen ready to... Ready for star turn against his old boss. He's a star, Michael Cohen. A known liar. Stop overthinking it. An indictment would be bad for Trump. The circus continues for Trump. Legal woes resurrect old habits. This is just some of it. It's all over the news. Drudge Report, cable news networks. And now they're sharing all their AI images. Dreaming of Trump getting arrested. Dreaming of Trump in cuffs. And they told all of their 
Audience members, Trump is going down for the 10th time. And then it didn't happen. And then it didn't happen. Now, that's not going to change anything for them. They'll continue to fall for the lies, though I think it's less and less every day. Now, here's what's going on the uh, going on in the other side of the aisle. Trump will be indicted Wednesday. They're now saying it's going to be happening tomorrow, but won't appear in court until next week. I can't even imagine the different security protocols and stuff that is being arranged behind the scenes with the Secret Service, New York police, the, the, the courts and everything. But so now they're saying it's going to be tomorrow. They've got over 30,000 NYPD officers in uniform and on notice for deployment thinking this is going to be the new Trump January 6th moment. And of course, that's what the Democrats want. And they act like, oh, it's so tragic, January 6th. But then really inside and behind closed doors, they're like, yeah, another January 6th. Let's get them going again. Let's do it again. Let's provocateur it again. Yeah. Oh, and then and then the cameras turn on. Oh, January 6th, worst thing ever. Worse than Pearl Harbor. Worse than 9-11. We can never let something like this happen again. And then the cameras turn off and it's, ooh, ooh, we should get another January 6th going. Yeah, we should do another one in uh, in uh, in response to Trump's arrest. Yeah, let's get another January 6th going. Let's do it again. Send in the provocateurs. Send in the media. Send in the cameras. Let's get it on. Another January 6th. We'll destroy Trump this time. Cameras go on. Oh, Trump is so bad and Trump supporters. Can you believe what they did on January 6th? We can never let it happen again. Kevin McCarthy states the obvious, Manhattan DA abusing his office to target President Trump. No kidding. What tipped you off, Kevin? You know, it'd be nice, Kevin, if you said, you know what, we're going to go after the real criminals. We have subpoena power in the House. We're going to go after the real, real criminals. We're going to go look into the Bidens. How about that, Kevin? That'd be nice. If the Democrat Party is allowed to crush Donald Trump, we're done. Tucker Carlson goes off on Democrats over potential Trump indictment and issues a dire warning for America. Folks, I'm telling you, this political persecution, put aside your understanding, your complex understanding of complex political events and developments, and try to look at it from, we'll say, a normie perspective. The normies are so alarmed by this. The normies are so awakened by this, they, they can't put this genie back in the bottle. And and the persecution and the attacks against Trump have really awakened so many of the normies. This has taken it to a new level, truly. I, I'm telling you, if I've if I tuned into let's say 12 hours of talk radio in the last two days or since the indictment announcement last week on Friday, every single caller, Democrat, Republican, are saying the same things, and that's this is clearly political, this is clearly political persecution, this is clearly Democrats using the justice system as a weapon against their opposition, this is the most corrupt time in American history, why aren't they going after Biden, why aren't they going after the career politicians that have made millions working in Congress why? What is going on? This is so obvious. And it is so obvious. And that's probably why they had to back off. And, and I'll get into the issue of, of why we think that's going on. But let's continue here. 
The most disgusting witch hunt in the history of our country. President Donald Trump unloads on the radical left Democrats while addressing potential indictment in late night address. And, and here's the problem, too. And, and, and believe me, I understand this. It's kind of like. <laughs> what we did on Saturday in the InfoWars truck with myself and the great crew would have had over a million views on YouTube by now easily in its own standalone video and then all the different cuts and all the different highlights from other people would have also had millions of views. So that, that would have been seen millions of times before the internet censorship. And, and as a barometer, as a test of that, you take one, quite frankly, poor video that Savannah Hernandez uploads on her Twitter account where she's got like 300,000 followers and it gets over 100,000 views in less than 24 hours. And nothing against her or her cameraman, but it was it was not not even that quality of a video. And, and just that, just 60 seconds of a subpar quality video of InfoWars out in the truck doing an InfoWars thing gets over 100,000 views in 24 hours on Twitter. But I can't I can't tap into that. You see. So we do well. We get you know we'll get we'll get good views on banned out video, and that's fine. But it's like, you see, this is what it comes down to. Donald Trump puts out statements on Truth Social or puts out video statements on his Truth Social. And, and it just it's like nobody sees them. Nobody hears them. That's the power of censorship. That's the power of the corporate media, not the power to ignore the power to highlight the power to censor. They're showing you all of it right now. I'm fortunate enough that I'm here at the mothership of InfoWars that I can still have any presence at all. Not everybody is that fortunate. Not everybody works at InfoWars that gets censored on the internet. But you see, it's the same difference. Oh, Trump puts out a statement on all of this last night. Nobody sees it because it's not on the mainstream. InfoWars continues to do all the great work we've been doing on all, all for decades that usually gets tens of millions of views on the internet. But after the censorship, we're like, okay, let's see if we can get a couple hundred thousand views on this stuff. Something you'd expect to see in third world banana republics. Carrie Lake blasts political persecution of President Trump, encourages patriots to protest and stop living in fear of the radical left's infiltration. The great Carrie Lake. And uh, Carrie Lake also busy today. See, she's not one of these people that tells you to get out in the streets and then hides in their basement. No, she gets out in the streets. Carrie Lake to hold prayer rally at Mesa Church tomorrow as Arizona Supreme Court considers her stolen election lawsuit may face fines and arrests for praying in public park. That was yesterday's headline, so this is happening today. She's right, of course. This is exactly what you would see in a corrupt banana republic, but that's what we've become, isn't it? Yep. So Carrie Lake says you should protest. Kevin McCarthy, House Speaker, says people should not protest if Donald Trump is indicted. Now, I briefly addressed this yesterday. I like this debate. I was on the side of severe hesitation to encourage. Well, I didn't. I would not encourage any protests right now. But if you're going to do a protest or encourage a protest. Make sure you emphasize peaceful 
or prayer and have your head on a swivel. But from where I'm sitting, I'm not encouraging any protest. I'm not going to tell you not to flex your First Amendment right however you see fit. But from where I'm standing, I'm not going to be the one encouraging it for many reasons. But I see why Kevin McCarthy would take the side he's taken, which is not to encourage it. And I understand the side Carrie Lake would take to encourage it. I understand I understand both sides. I think it's a fair debate for people to have. And you're ultimately going to have to make up your own decisions. But you've noticed that even though Trump called for protests, not much activity there. Not much activity. Now, there was some activity yesterday. And today, but remember yesterday, there was one deranged person that showed up with a bunch of signs. Guys, you give me the 10, uh, clip 10 B-roll here. Remember, what I, what did I tell you? This is how the Democrats do it, folks. They send out their notifications, and you get the email or you get the text. And they say, be here at this time for this protest. And then you show up, and there's the leader or two there with all the signs ready for you to go be a part of their staged and scripted protest. Problem is, nobody showed up for them either. And so it was one deranged woman. By the end of it, there might have been 10 or 15, and there may have been 50 or so Trump supporters in New York from outside of Trump Tower or outside of the courtroom where he is expected or where the media was telling you he was going to be perp-walked. So there was a little on both sides. And... There is some strangeness as well, but when you got to be, look, I, I, I don't want to go into some of this low IQ stuff, but sometimes it, it, it permeates the greater consciousness. Like there were these Chinese ladies out front of Trump Tower yesterday and, and conservatives and the right wing are, are so on our haunches now or on our heels now that it's like, oh, everything's a fed. Like, oh, the four Chinese ladies in front of Trump Hotel is a Fed. Like, are you kidding me? Let's just let's just calm ourselves down for a moment and, and be careful about what we're doing to our own cause and our own movement and our own freedom fighters and lovers. Because those Chinese ladies in front of Trump Tower yesterday, the situation is most likely that these are Chinese American immigrants. And you know what? In China, maybe growing up, they didn't really have the freedom of speech that we have here. And they didn't really get the opportunity to make political statements like this in the public. So to them, this means so much, I don't think the average American could even comprehend it. And so for me to see people making fun of these women... Or, or saying these women are feds is so low and so pathetic, it, it breaks my heart. Because I bet you that those women, those Chinese immigrants, appreciate and, 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 and admire and celebrate free speech more so than the average American. And their free speech to go out there and hold a Trump one sign means so much to them that the average American couldn't even comprehend it. And they say, oh, look, this one has a face mask on. Clearly, they're feds. Uh, 
wearing a face mask for street pollution is common in China. So again, let's not embarrass ourselves here. But of course, what is the winning situation? Trump calls for protests, doesn't get them. And now today, the Democrats were able to rally about 20 or so people to go protest against Trump. And you guys can give me that B-roll clip 12 is fine. And so now the media will say, oh, look, Trump's unpopular. He called for protests and nobody showed up. Oh, oh, yeah. It's not like the last time Trump called for a protest and then you guys arrested thousands of people, hundreds of them still rotting in prison illegitimately, total political persecution, total, total authoritarianism. Oh, yeah, that's not what turned it off. Don't worry, the left can riot and rage and destroy and not have to worry about legal action taken against them. So, of course, they're still going to show up. Many of them probably even paid. And then you're surprised Trump can't garner numbers at a protest. Well, yeah, because you arrest Trump supporters. It's really not rocket science here. And then there was this exchange out front of it was this Trump Tower or was this the court building in New York? Just an interesting exchange, somebody pretending or trying to be the QAnon shaman, and then some dude in a face mask, black hoodie, you know, looks like Antifa comes up and starts scolding him. This looks like two controlled operatives here, maybe just looking for internet clicks. I don't know. What do you think about this in clip 13? Stupid doing this shit, bro. Stop doing this, bro. What are you this doing? is my religion, sir. No, bro, you're a Trump supporter, bro. We don't do that. You look a real crazy. What do you right mean now, we don't do that? Who you're are like you Trump supporters doing? Bro, do I'm a Trump. Do. I'm bro, from Trump, bro. I'm you know, I know, but we are breaking in this. Shit, bro. What are you doing? Bro? What do you mean? Am I going outside the bounds? Bro, you're acting crazy, bro. Of what? You're like, oh, what are you screaming for? Everybody calls us crazy, sir. No, no, no I'm saying no, you. Like no, I'm not. I think I think you're a Democrat, bro. I think everybody. I think you're I don't think you're for Trump, bro. I don't think you're for Trump, bro. You're not for Trump, bro. You're a liar, bro. You're a scam artist. This man is not for Trump, bro. Who are you to say who I support? Who are you to say who I support? No, I don't. No, bro. You're a scam. You're acting. I've been rejected by every single. The way you're acting, we don't act like that. We don't act like we don't do that. I've been rejected by every single community of people that I've been a part of, even the Trump supporter community. Even yes, I was picked on and made fun of so much growing up. And then I finally feel like I find a community of people that loves me. You believe Trump? You love Trump? Yes, I love Trump. That's why I'm here. That's why I put on all this stuff. I had to check. I had to pull your car, man. It seemed like you were like acting like you want to. This just feels like street theater to me. Don't reject me. I've been rejected so everywhere else in Trump. I'll reject you if you're not for Trump. I'll reject you. The Trump supporters are the only community that accepted me. So the whole thing looks like street theater to me. And and I, look, I, I understand why you'd want to cover your face, knowing that the Democrats use facial recognition to hunt down and lock up their political opposition. So So I would get that. But if I'm looking at that situation, I'm saying, well, wait a second, man, you're out here covering your face looking like Antifa, and, and you're going to criticize this guy who puts on some deer antlers and a furry vest and does the, the shaman thing. Really, the whole thing just looks like street theater. But, but aside from whatever that is, we have to be careful to not fall into this trap. Like I said, oh, look, the Chinese women are feds. Oh, look, this guy down here is a, new, a, a Democrat. Look, this guy's faking this. This guy's faking that. 
I mean, we're, we're, we're going to be tearing ourselves apart here. So we, we look, there's going to this happens about every two years in politics and others are noticing this and, and, and bringing this to my attention. I, I, I explained this the other night. This happens about every two years in politics is you go through a purification process. And in this process, people get exposed. Grifters get exposed. Low IQ people get exposed. And, 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 and people that really can't handle the heat of this get exposed. And there's about a purification process every two, two years or so. We're going through that right now. So be aware of that. And, and, and don't fall into any of these traps. And I understand how you could put your foot into any of these traps. But you got to be careful not to. Let's not let the mainstream media drive a wedge in between us. We can have spirited debate and disagreements, absolutely. But let's just not start pointing fingers at everybody saying, Fed, Democrat, this. That's exactly what the mainstream media wants. So let's not give them what they want, just like why we're not having massive protests with Trump's arrest, because that's what they want. Attorney Robert Costello speaks out after testimony. It was clear to me the Manhattan grand jury did not want to get to the truth. Yeah, they just wanted to get to Trump. By the way, this was a former legal advisor to Michael Cohen who, who warns you he's a convicted and known liar. That's why he wanted to give his testimony to the grand jury. But they weren't interested. They just want to get Trump. But they don't have him yet. And this is driving them bonkers. Now, remember... Alvin Bragg ran his campaign, and the promise was we're going to arrest Donald Trump because the feds refused to ever prosecute this case because nobody in their right mind would. Now the statute of limitations is over, so, I mean, the whole thing is a farce. Cy Vance, who was in the same position before Bragg refused to prosecute this case because he knew it was an empty case. But Bragg ran his campaign promising to arrest Donald Trump. So he's just trying to fulfill a promise. Doesn't even matter how illegitimate. And sadly, it looks like Trump is falling into one of these traps of let's attack one another. Donald Trump Jr. and others blast DeSantis' response to looming Donald Trump arrest. Pure weakness. I mean, I would say that DeSantis could be stronger. But, you know, can you blame DeSantis? Now, he can do the ultimate power move and, and, and ignore all the insults coming from Donald Trump and his friends and family and, and try to do something to protect Donald Trump in this case or make a stronger statement. But after all the insults that have been hurled ter towards Ron DeSantis, now Trump and his family are going to say, oh, ouchie, DeSantis attacked me. Oh, ouch, I'm hurt. Come on. Seriously? And now it is Don Jr. and others attacking DeSantis. But I don't get it. If this is a political staring contest, Ron DeSantis hasn't blinked. This entire time, he hasn't blinked. Trump's blinking like a madman. DeSantis hadn't blinked at all. And then he makes a little joke during a press conference where he's attacking Soros and the Soros DA saying that all these charges against Trump are politicized, and he's right about it. But then he makes a little joke saying, I don't know anything about being paid off by porn stars, so don't ask me about that. Oh, my gosh. Compared to the insults that Donald Trump has launched against DeSantis, that's like the princess and the pea. It's like I'm laying on 20 mattresses, and I feel that pea underneath.
The first mattress is Donald Trump. It shows really actually weakness on Trump, in my opinion, which is too bad. I love you too, isn't it? Period. But see, how much of this is a case of Donald Trump lying in the bed that he made? Trump's the one that goes after DeSantis. Trump's the one that tells his people to go after DeSantis. And then DeSantis takes a tiny little jab at Trump and it's like the world is over. Trump goes scorched earth on Ron DeSantis, raises questions about his sexuality and peddles groomer smear. Why? Just why? But that'll just have to be another bed Trump will have to lay in, just like this deal with Stormy Daniels, probably. Trump moves to quash Georgia's special grand jury report as Fulton County DA considers RICO charges. So they're trying to get Trump in Georgia. They're trying to get Trump in New York. They're trying to get Trump in D.C. And we all know why that is. I'm just looking at this and I'm thinking, man, this is this is the Super Bowl for, for America. This is the Super Bowl for, for human freedom and prosperity, the idea of self-government and preserving it in the West. And so I just want all of our team members to be on the same page. You know, when the quarterback says hut, hut, hike, and the wide receiver runs his route, I want him to run the route that's the play the quarterback called so that when he throws the pass, he can catch it and score a touchdown. And so I just want to make sure we're all on the same page, whatever that means. And I'm not against the infighting, and I'm certainly not against the debates, but... Let's not destroy each other in the process, and let's not have complete distrust for each other in the process either, because that's not going to lead to victory. Well, it started in Florida banning transitional, sexual transitional surgery for children, for minors, banned in Florida, and now... History made again today, Missouri, Nebraska, and Georgia have all banned child medical transitioning. Gays Against Groomers has testified in all three of these states. Day by day, the largest medical abuse scandal in our history is coming to an end. Keep fighting a statement from Gays Against Groomers just an hour ago. And now the founder of Gays Against Groomers, Jamie Michelle, joins me now. And Jamie, such a sweetheart here. They try to make her into this demon. She's such a sweetheart. I've mispronounced her name for six months. She doesn't even say anything. Uh, but yeah, she's she's this she's this massive, you know, Grinch character that the media tries to make her out to be. Which I, I want to talk about that later. But uh, Jamie, let's celebrate the good news. What does this news mean to you today? Yeah, we are racking up some major wins. I mean, there's been more states, more than just Florida. It's happening all over the country. It feels like almost every week there's more states added, but today is just so massive. I mean, three in one day. I think that's the first time that's happened. And it just goes to show that, you know, the public is waking up. We're not going to stand for this any longer. You know, people people are not going to fall for the lie that uh the rainbow mob is trying to push on them and gaslight them with that being being against child sex changes, you know, chemically castrating children and chopping off their healthy body parts is somehow anti-trans or homophobic or transphobic. It's just it's absolute nonsense. And, you know, I'm so glad that Gays Against Groomers has been able to step in the ring into this fight and, and become allies of these parents that are fighting because we're preventing that lie from spreading even more. You know, us coming from inside the community and saying, no, it's actually not anti-LGBTQ. These are children. Stop conflating the two. You know, I think I think we're really um, 
there's it's having a massive impact and uh it's very exciting and the tide you can feel it it's turning and this is going to continue to happen until it's all outlawed in every state you know it's going to take a while there are some deep blue states where um you know it may take longer but but we will win this war well that's what i wanted to get into next i mean florida missouri nebraska georgia these are historically and still culturally traditionally conservative Republican states, despite whatever goes on in these elections in Georgia. I think we know that that's a red state. And so when you start getting into the states like Massachusetts, which is a huge pusher and profiter, quite frankly, of this surgery, uh, it's nice to know that we still have common sense in Missouri and these other states that don't want to have minors walking into a doctor and saying, chop off my, my, my private parts for 10 grand. But what happens when you do get into the profit centers and the major pushers of this, like in Massachusetts? How do you expect that to go? It's going to be hard. Um, you know, it's it's probably not going to happen uh, soon. But I think that over time, as we're seeing happening now, I mean, even a year ago, the discussion wasn't like this wasn't the topic of any discussion, really. Um, so the dam is kind of broke at this point. And I think very soon child transitioning is going to be viewed in the same way a lobotomy was, you know, that just just horrific uh, medical abuse. Oh. Um, and, and I think that, you know, soon those people will be forced to come to the right side of history uh, because it will be looked on, looked down upon so negatively that I think that the public will catch up. I, I hope it happens sooner than later. But, you know, it's we have a long fight, fight ahead of us. Uh, by no means uh, is this over. But, you know, we keep racking up these wins and public perception is changing and the truth is getting out there. So, you know, we feel very hopeful about this and and we're not going to stop fighting until until it's banned nationwide. And hopefully even globally, this is happening all over the world, honestly, too. You know, one thing that I've learned from being involved in politics for years now. And I know you didn't start this movement for any political reason. You started this movement to protect children and to make sure that the LGBTQ mafia isn't going to speak for, for every person that identifies as LG or B or T or Q or anything that wants to go after the children. But you put this tweet out. This was uh, last week talking about the attacks against you, the attacks against gays, against groomers. And one thing I've tried to explain to people that, that really if you just start up with a cause – that goes against the establishment and you're not political, you just focus on a cause, you'll find out real quick who your enemies are that you didn't expect. And so talk about that dynamic of, hey, you, you started this not even for a political reason, but it quickly became political and the attacks against you, the lies against you were political. Talk about that phenomenon of, hey, I didn't get into this to be political, but now there are definitely, there's a political side of the aisle that's coming for you. Yeah, I mean, it's really unfortunate. Um, as much as this issue truly should be nonpartisan, um, we have support from all over the political spectrum, but it is only one party that is pushing it and one party that's trying to stop it. You know, it's kind of like become an official platform of the Democratic Party that they want to support ch child's uh, sex changes. It's like the weirdest hill to die on. Like, I don't know why they are going after kids so hard. Um, but yeah, it, it's sad, you know, uh, Gays Against Groomers, we just had a Wikipedia page that formed that popped up on us uh, within the past month, I think. And and of course, you know, the first line is Gays Against Groomers is an American far right anti-trans hate group. <laughs> and it's like or anti-LGBTQ, it says, actually, which is so crazy to me because like I, they call me homophobic and I'm gay. Like, I, I don't understand if these people 
I mean, they have to understand, they have to know when they're saying this, how ridiculous it sounds. And and I think that, you know, they're so used to being able to call anybody that opposes this agenda, homophobic, transphobic bigots. And so they don't know what else to use. That's all they have. And when they use it against me and against gays, against groomers, it obviously doesn't make any sense and people see right through it. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, I am a political person personally, but this issue, I did not start with any intent to be political. Um, you know, we have members in the organization. I actually tweeted from Gays Against, uh, Gays Against Groomers tweeted a few days ago that our editor in chief actually stumped for AOC back in the day, you know, like, and he's one of the highest positions in our organization. Um, but it, it's truly, this issue should not be political and it's really sad to see people making it so, but we're, we remain that it's nonpartisan. Um, uh, but yeah, it, you're right. Um, they, they really do come out of the woodwork if you try and go against the agenda in any way, so. Well, that, that's it. Exactly. I, I always say people think I'm crazy. I'm saying, you know what? Put your foot into the cogs of the establishment for, for a day, for a week and see who comes after you. See how crazy I am then. And by the way, one of the reasons that you started this as well, which I mean, for me, I'm a government minimalist and I'm socially a liberal. I don't really care what people do. I don't care what grown adults do. I've never I've been tolerant of anything my whole life. But but now I'm looking at stuff where people are saying, hey, maybe we should ban trans surgery or maybe we should ban gay marriages. And and now I'm, I'm, I'm you know, my ear is kind of open to that now. That's never something I would have thought about in my life. It's never something I cared about. But now because of how far this this LGBTQ mafia has pushed the button. I think people like me that are socially liberal and are tolerant of everybody are kind of saying, you know what, maybe maybe you've gone too far. Maybe my tolerance was a mistake. What are your comments on that? I totally agree. And I've said since day one, you know, that the people that are pushing this agenda on children, using our community as a shield to do so and doing it in our name, they are doing more harm to us, to our community than the biggest homophobic, transphobic bigot could ever hope to. You know, like they they are if our rights ever do get rolled back, which the, the conversation is back on the table for the first time since we we uh, gained our equal rights, which wasn't that long ago. But like for the first time in many years, um, acceptance and tolerance of gay, lesbian, bi and trans people is declining and it's declining drastically and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out why. So yeah, it's very important for us to also, you know, show that the gay community, we are not a monolith. The majority of us do not support this and we don't want to be lumped in with these people. So, you know, all of our detractors and people that love to, to, to call us uh, all these names and try and shut us down, they don't understand, like we're actually trying to help our community too. They are the ones that are gonna uh, ruin everything for us and, and bring us back decades, honestly. And it's it's happening and it's sad, but you know, I can't blame these people. I get it because all you see coming from our community is this attack on children. So we're trying to make it very well known to the public that not all of us are like this. The majority of us aren't. We just want to live our lives and not push anything on anyone, especially kids. And why yeah. do you think that you can see that, Amen. but they can't, or maybe are they just hiding the fact that really they want access to kids? I truly I think don't that's know. Probably I think could the agenda is so important. Like, both. I always say that the, the people within our community, they are the fringe minority that are actually in support of this. But the people that back them, like all the big, powerful industries in the country, they're the ones actually pushing us, pushing it. And I think that they brainwash people in our community to believe that this is like progress and this is what it looks like. But, you know, they're leading them to the slaughterhouse and our rights are going to get rolled back. And we hope we can wake people up in time to stop it. All right, Jamie Michelle asked a question on Twitter earlier. I'll try to answer that question on the other side. 
You know, I'm somebody that really likes a good spirited debate. I like my ideas, my logic to be challenged. And that's how I was raised is you can you can spar it out and fight it out. And then at the end of it, you clink glasses and you celebrate the things you have in common. I made a name for myself politically by going out on the streets and challenging liberals to debates. Now I can't do that because I just get spat on and death threatened and attacked. But why am I bringing this up? Because Jamie Michelle 